You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. You're right. Welcome to this week's episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast. Uh, I'm John, and there's the other John on, and Chris is on. How are you doing? Been better. <laughs> Who starts a podcast with you? All right. I suppose the <laughs> answer is you. All right. Aye, I'm magnificent. I'll <laughs> see if you walk down the street. How often do you say all right, as opposed to hello or whatever? It's a Scottish thing. All right. You might all get a reply. We're trying to appeal to a younger generation here, John. Do you not say it? We get worse. We get better. Stop. Stop. Well, just get shot. Stop. If you look at the Instagram account that we've set up, I think it's all twelve-year-olds that are following us so far. So, yeah, I apologise if you're older than twelve. But the only the only way I am ever down with the kids is if I'm playing in a four with my own kids. Pardon? <laughs> what was that? The only time I'm ever down with the kids is if I'm playing on the floor with my kids. Okay, right, that's all right then. Um, <laughs> well, that's that's an absolute fire here tonight, boys. Aye. We were speaking a wee bit before the podcast started. We usually have a wee chat before it. Uh, and the t- tagline was strap in. Because it's going to be a long one, which leads us on to... Come on, someone's got to say it. Nope. You were happy to say it before. Nope. <laughs> Strap on. Fuck. Right, there's the... Oh, and I dropped the F-bomb already. Spoken with that as well. I said I'll try not to swear, but the who it is. There will be an F-bomb thrown in there. But it'll last in about a minute. What, what, yeah, what people minutes. won't get on this is that before we were talking about this and I was making a joke about how you should put a swear word in the disclaimer, you didn't even get to the disclaimer before you swore. <laughs> well, hi, exactly, aye. So... Yeah, there might be more of that, by the way. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so, we'll go back to last week. Europe. Yes. That was um, two decent results, I think, um, given the circumstances. Obviously, um, I was delighted that Celtic picked up the win in uh, Tron time against Rosenberg. 1 0 win could have been more, maybe, but um, one decent move for James Forrest and. Good ball into Sinclair. He was in at the back post to head home. Um, I mean, it, came, it comes down to the, the goal difference isn't going to matter um, against Rosenberg because even if the, we finish level with the two Red Bull teams, then it's going to be coming down to the head-to-head between the three of us, not the, the Rosenberg game. So all Celtic had to do in this game was win. Celtic did it. Got the three points. Um, Salzburg done you a favour. So, uh, despite all the conf- uh, all the discussions and uh, conspiracy theories around uh, the Red Bull stitch up, which uh, I was uh, subscribing to at one point as well. Um, Salzburg did the job, 1 1 0, uh, which means Celtic in the final game just need to get a point from Salzburg at Celtic Park. Um, not an easy it's task, point. Five, yeah. out of 5 out of 5. Can, I, can yes. I just say as well, um, just going back to just before the game when I did a preview blog, I apologise to anyone who was offended by me using the term old firm. That seemed to offend a lot of. Celtic fans are there and apologise wholeheartedly. I'll use Celtic Rangers from now on. Glasgow Derby. Aye. I think you can call the it co- Some of the it. comments, you know, that um, followed, and, and the blog never really got many comments, but the minute I said Old Firm, it was like, uh-oh, jump in the bandwagon. It doesn't exist anymore. 
I'll be honest. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. We see a lot of things that might offend uh, on the podcast or on wherever. If that's what people are going to get most offended about, then they've got a problem. Um, it's worse than your swearing. Let's face it. Aye, <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, yeah, but, so but but uh, following on from that, it's good to get any kind of feedback. So whether it's positive or negative, yeah. we have said it before. Yeah, is it? Exactly. Bad publicity is better than no publicity. Some people have said so. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I enjoyed the blog. Thank you. I'm glad some at least one person appreciated it. Um, but yeah, it was a good um, result for Celtic um, going away. And, you still had that fear that Celtic might blow it somewhere. I mean, it's happened before, as we've discussed before, when they've played Rosenberg. Um, I know it was back in 2000-2001, but there's still the history there. Um, and Celtic's away record overall, but they got the job done, and it was quite comfortable for what I saw. Um, for what I heard, Rosenberg offered absolutely nothing in the first half and not much more in the second. Um, no, there's a statistic doing around that Rosenberg and neither the, the home game nor the away game in the group registered a shot on target. Wow. I think the disappointing thing there is that Rosenberg had nothing to lose. Why not just go out and try and attack, play free-flowing football? Did they not have a cup final to prepare for as well? I know Celtic did, but Celtic had a lot more to play for in Europe. Right. Rosenberg John, that's plenty, plenty yeah. about the cup final. It's, you're supposed to not talk about that. I was talking that. about the Norwegian cup final. It was worth it as well. They won it 4-1, beat Storm's God set in the final. So, uh, congratulations to the Norway. Uh, uh, Rosenberg. <laughs> yes, Norway. Congratulations to Rosenberg. They won the Norwegian Cup and added that to the, the Norwegian League as well. So, they've won the double. Yeah, that's the only cup we're talking about this week. Um, <laughs> so, Rangers. Um, aye, good result. Especially going down to 10 men for, again, what, well, just say again, it looked very questionable. Does anyone know yeah. what to get red carded for? Um, I'm assuming uh, like the referee seen the stills that were doing the rounds on Twitter because uh, if you look at stills of a football match you can pretty much tell any story you want um, the stills suggest that Kansas stamped on his opponent um, the footage I watched live at the time where it was uh, Tavernier pushed Kansas into his opponent after yeah, Morelos yes. tackled him yes uh, he may, he may be, he, I mean, there's no doubt he stood on him I don't think there was any intent on in that I don't think there was anything I just think it was accidental and and Candice haven't already been booked, got a second yellow card for it. Uh, it was yeah. it was very harsh. Yeah, I watched, uh, I watched a few replays of it as well. I watched most of that game, um, and yeah, even even you, it's hard, sometimes difficult for me to say nice things about Rangers because obviously Rangers Celtic and Aberdeen and all that. But yeah, even I was like, what? what, what, what? Yeah. What's happened there? Was, the referee sent off a boot, or second boot the wrong guy, you know, because Morelos makes the initial challenge. And yeah. I think Tavernier also has a swing on it, and it's the one is to say the sign, um, the meeting the sandwich that get pushed in, and he was the one getting from the second bicking. And it's Candace does not have a a good bit of luck just now, does he? Because he was obviously wrongly sent off against St Mirren, and there was a bizarre explanation given later. Um, so he must be feeling really hard done by. And obviously, unless they give mistaken identity, um, he can't appeal it. Well, referees, hey, who would be a referee? Yeah. It just goes to show, though, I mean, we're <laughs> obviously going to talk about Scottish football referees and stuff, but it just shows that I mean, even I mean, on the continent, um, even on the continent, they're pretty poor as well. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, given that Rangers went down to 10 men later on in the first half, uh, and before that, Valerie had a couple of chances that, um, that they squandered because 
Well, actually, that's probably a bit harsh. Al McGregor kept him out. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a, a couple in the first half, he had a couple in the second half. Um, so McGregor then does, as um, I think, was he man in a match? If it wasn't, it should have been. Yeah, uh, speaks. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for Rangers' tactics at the moment. McGregor seems to be continually the man in a match. Um, but in this case, they were down to 10 men for more than half the game. Uh, and if anything, they looked more likely to score. Yeah, I think that, like, especially a Spanish team, uh, generally a, a Spanish team, if they've got a one-man advantage, would be pretty successful at retaining the ball, making the extra one count. I thought Villarreal were very piled up off. Um, yeah, they didn't do uh, it. They, they, when they did keep the ball, they just didn't do it with it. I've seen folks say that Villarreal played like a weakened team of that. It looked a pretty good team to me. Um, players that are, and I, I follow up a wee bit, try and keep track of stuff. And they, they had players that were playing that certainly are featured before in the season, have you in future in the league, are featured in the, the, Europe, the Europa League as well. So I don't think that even can be excused. I just thought, I, I don't know where. It wasn't even as if they were trying to overplay it, I thought. I just thought they were average, very average. Yeah, I mean, very obviously they're going in the league this season. They're, they're sort of just above the relegation zone at the moment. Um, I mean, they'd won before the game, before they had to play Rangers, but it wasn't convincing. It's, they've not, they've just, they're doing just enough to stay above the relegation zone, but they're not, they're not one of the top teams in the league at the moment. Um, and, and Rangers have, have played two games against them and have the better head to head record against them. It doesn't. It's not going to matter in this group, unfortunately. But um, when you got the, the score draw over in Spain and then got another each draw at Ibrox, so um, it's still a lot of play for. Yeah, I mean they, they need to beat. They need to beat Rapid Vienna, but it's in their own hands. Which again, like Celtic, it's in their hands to, to qualify for the, the last thirty-two um, after Christmas. So I mean, going into these two groups. I mean, if you'd given Celtic Rangers both the chance to uh, have their own destiny in their own hands in the final game, they'd both have went for it. Mm-hmm. I, don't think, I don't think either of them have uh, disappointed in this group stage. So, um, fingers crossed we can uh, get two teams into Europe after Christmas. Yeah, that would be because I was reading, because um, obviously uh, they're talking about this third Euro, um, European tournament, and uh, they said that Scotland's went from 23rd to 20th just based on this season's results. Another stat that came away from it was that, yeah. um, Aye, the points we've accumulated this new, is... This new, this new Europa tournament is basically going to be for teams that are good, so going to be a third-tier competition that our clubs will be playing in, so potentially we may not have any teams in the Europa League. Yeah, that's the it. So let's not start saying this is a good thing. No, this I'm is not, a bad thing. This, I'm, is I'm again, not this is again the whole... Uh, Capitalism and football gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the that's now for when the Champions League doesn't really change, so you'll still have a Scottish team there um, playing the four qualifying rounds. Or as might get to the point where we get to play three uh, if we keep bumping the coefficient up. Um, but if uh, the only way we're going to have a Scottish team in the what is the Europa League at the moment, which is going to change to being thirty-two teams like the Champions League in this new tournament, is if the champions of Scotland drop out of the Champions League and into that. Because yeah, that all the teams well. will be in the third tournament. Mm-hmm. That needs scrapped as well. That's second chance. Yeah. No yeah. Chance. yeah. So, uh, but it's not going to happen. No, because Celtic season. I mean, I can't really say much about it. But you're right. I'd, you should, once you're knocked out of Europe, you should be knocked out of Europe. Um, but I would rather see the qualifying less 
ridiculous as it is. I mean, like there's like four teams for England and four teams for Spain and four teams for Germany all get to play the Champions League straight away. Whereas you've got uh, like the Champions of Scotland, Champions of all sorts of other countries having to play four qualifying rounds, knocking each other's plan in. Eight games to get to a group stage where there's teams, there's like 16 teams for the top four countries all waiting for you. Yeah, they're going to do it. What they should do is have the cha- all champions, whatever, how many uh, countries declassing in Europe for 50, European football competitions? How many? 53, 54 nations. Is it? Mm-hmm. I think. So why not have 64 teams in the group? Have all the champions and then see all these second, third, and fourth players, place teams, they can play the bloody playoff rounds. Right. But TV will obviously dictate differently, and that's what it comes down to at the end of the day, unfortunately. Um, personally, personally, it was better when the Champions League first came in, when it was just the champions and whoever won the, the European Cup Champions League the year before, um, the Cup Winners' Cup and the UEFA Cup. But, you know, it's the big. Again, this is another way of um, UEFA keeping the big boys happy for now, but it's delaying the inevitable because at some point your Man United, your Barcelona's, Real Madrid's, Bayern Munich's, they will form their, their own their own league and probably play it worldwide and get yeah, big, big money in China. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been a bit of debate over that as well though in terms of is that what the fans want? Maybe, I, but see that identity of like playing local rivals and all that type of thing. But then I've seen the other side whereby I think it was Bayern Munich chairman and he was saying we've not played Barcelona for three years. Something like that. That it might not be in Bayern and Barcelona, but that was the example, I think. Yeah. Well, so what? Is it not then more special that you play them maybe once every five, maybe a few years, as opposed to playing them every season? And we know that in Scotland because we're fed up playing the same teams four, five, six, maybe even seven times a season. Aberdeen haven't played Real Madrid in 35 years. Aberdeen haven't played Real Madrid in 35 years. That's all right. (laughs) What happened the last time we did that then? Aye. Aye. <laughs> How did that work out? It worked out well. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, I mean, I haven't played Barcelona for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Beating them every time they play them. Um, but I agree, because even when Celtic kept drawing Barcelona in the Champions League, it was getting boring. So I went to draw somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> Give us somebody yeah. else. I don't want Barcelona yet again. I mean, it's that way. If you, got, if you keep on playing a team, eventually you beat them. Aye. Well, no, because <laughs> we beat them. Earlier than that, <laughs> just get cuffed off him a few times. I mean, sometimes you look at a Champions League and you're like, is that not the same group it was last year? Yeah, Aye, you do. I don't mind watching the odd game. I mean, I, I, will, I will watch the odd game here and there, but it's certainly not as attractive as it used to be to me. No. I don't think I've watched a Champions League game since um, Celtic AK Athens, to be honest. That was a qualifier. Once you get knocked out, <laughs> all interest. And I used to watch the Champions League religiously. I mean, I was a, a great fan of it, but it's just... They've, they've worn it out um, yeah. to the point that there's just not as much interest as there used to be in it. Yeah. The, the thing is, well, uh, on a subject, German football, I think I quite often talk about German football, how much I like it and everything like that. Uh, and there's a thing at the weekend, uh, Hanover and Hertha Berlin. I don't know if it was the weekend, but Hanover and Hertha Berlin were playing each other. And German clubs are furious about the games getting switched for TV and um, awkward times like like Monday night football they brought in for the Bundesliga and like how is this suiting the fans and then, uh, football should be played certain times and all that type of thing which I think most of us agree I think most people all over the world they've got their traditions and they like playing football on those times it's almost as if uh, you want, do you actually care about the fans and the two of them the two to the credit both uh, sets of fans protested 
and it was yeah. a silent protest. And Germany, especially for a, a long time, the last few seasons, they, there's been this big thing with the fans, and they've been like, let's stand up to the the football authorities and say, look, without the fans, there's no football. But there's, I mean, there's some stat doing the rounds that basically says half the teams in England don't need fans anymore, or half the teams in the Premiership yeah. don't need fans yep. anymore. Yeah. Because they can run where the income from. It's just that's that's the game I've got now. It's like, well, fair enough. Yeah. If that's what you want to do to football, go for it. You're it's not up, a working but... class sport anymore. No, yeah, it's definitely not. not. At, at the top level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but they get that's they... where I that's where I quite enjoy going to the juniors. Yeah, uh, that's why I enjoy yeah. it so much because it's still it's proper football. Yeah, they, it's affordable. The gap thought you can relate to. You can actually relate to the people that are on the pitch. Yeah, they how get... can you relate to someone that's getting paid three hundred thousand per week? I know the gap between the you know the bigger teams um, and their fans is just widening and widening. You know they just can't relate anymore, and even the players obviously can't relate. Whereas, um, you know the likes of Air United, for example, um, just better team in Scotland. At least you know there is that bit of um, local connection there, but um, you don't get that at the more elite clubs worldwide, unfortunately. No, no, you, really you, you get the very occasional one. Well, you've they've come through the, the youth academy and they've gone on to be. Some superstar. I mean, what Kieran Tierney is a good example. But the top club in Scotland, having got a guy that's come through. I mean, if it wasn't on the field, he'd be in the, the stand, and like that's why he wanders over to the Green Brigade every time he's got to win a trophy. <laughs> he's joining them with him. You know, that I mean, that's that kind of relationship is is few and far between now. Whereas, like at the junior level and stuff, you could probably have a conversation with a guy when he's taking a throw in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they'll trap back to you as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I probably I, I I don't know. I just think a lot of football footballers are out of touch with, with, with reality. Yeah, totally agree. So how can we relate to people that are like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I, I use Kieran Tierney as a, the positive example, but most of the Celtic team I couldn't relate to at all. It's just the, the the money they make compared to the money I make is night and day. Yeah. You, you find yourself sometimes you support your own team, but you actually find yourself sometimes. Finding it difficult to like your some of your players. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think we've all probably been there. Yeah, so some of the players, um, you know, will try and find ways to get out the stadium to avoid giving autographs, and that's not right. I mean, these fans are paying your well, paying a percentage of wages as it is these days, but and I just think it's disrespectful. They don't give it back. Um, well, certainly the majority of your top footballers is certainly the case. Yeah. On the flip side, though, there are footballers, as you say, like Tierney and that. There's a lot plenty of us, and you see good stories mm-hmm. um, in terms of maybe the, the players going to hospitals, going into communities and different things like that and doing yeah. good things. Uh, Andy Robertson, seen last week at the food banks in Liverpool, mm-hmm. um, yep. helping out, different things like that, still in touch with his roots. There's a- so that We've got to have good stories as well, I suppose. There's a great uh, video doing the rounds with Graham Murray at the kids' hospital in York Hill, just acting daft um, and make the kid laugh. And I just thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Did they do a handstand? That's the cost of my running again. What have you done? These are the good things to see. He was what? He was playing with kids on the floor. Ah, in the York Hill. Just when Chris was saying earlier about all the time he's down with the kids is when he's playing with kids on the floor. Comes back to earlier on. Should we move on to Air United? Very quickly. <laughs> yes, yes. Friday night football. Exciting Friday night football and something of a shock. 
Given Dun United have been going great guns recently. <laughs> it's ironic. Robbie Nielsen today get named manager of the month for November. <laughs> Obviously discounted the fact that his last game was in November and they get pumped five nothing at home of here. Um I think that was the touch of reality that he needs to realise actually we've got changes still to make here. because um, they have been going well, um but that was what you call being brought back down to earth with a bang. <laughs> I mean it was like um I'm getting a bit of deja vu here because I feel like we've had this conversation before, John, uh, yesterday. Yeah. But there was uh, the stuff online and the bookie was saying, oh, if Dundee United beat AF4 now, they go top of the table. And all that type of thing. Mm-hmm. I think it was one of those games I think a lot of people, and ourselves, I think last week, I think we were all kind of like, aye, Dundee United probably will win. Um, even though we were top of the table, just because Dundee United had been in good form and then 5-0. Like, where yeah. did that come from? Yeah, I think a lot of people are expecting Air United to fade away, and yeah. they're just not doing it. Yeah. They're picking up the wins, and that is a, I mean, it's not just a win, it's a massive win at Tannadice. Yeah. So, you've got to say they're their title contenders now, surely. Um, yeah, I mean, the talk, talk as well, we are talking, we've been talking about Shankland and the goals. Yeah. Uh, the latest seems to be that Swansea are going to buy him and then load him back. Yeah. A bit like what uh, Norwich said with Kenny McLean at Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. Aye, we I was a man dead with Morgan. Yeah. That might, that so, might work out quite well for Ireland if they can do that. Yeah. Kind of deal. Because I think if they lose Shatland, they're in trouble. I mean, he's getting a lot of the goals. It's not just him, to be fair. I mean, they're going to the buying and goals left and centre. But he's the main focus. He's the main man. Um, yeah. So if they lost him, as might be predicted in January, but if they do that kind of deal, then it'll be great. Um, but aye, it, they, they won't. They won't be up there and challenging as much if they lose him and don't get him back. Well, once they suffer a, a demoralising defeat in the jun- in the Scottish Cup in January, <laughs> that, that'll uh, derail yeah. our season. But can I just say the Championship has given me my favourite headline that I've seen football-wise this week, okay? And it leads us on to one of the games. So, guys with masks ragdolled us out of the van. <laughs> okay, do you know what this is relating to? Is this the thing about uh, Gary Caldwell? Regarding uh, the party at Thistle, I think uh, some fans probably wish that the SAS had kept the party at Thistle players. <laughs> is this some kind of weird team bond the next one? Yes, week? it is, yeah. I, think, I hope so. Aye. I, hope so. I hope so. I was about to bring that point up, <laughs> but it didn't quite work in the first game. <laughs> to be fair, if you're getting tied up and bundled into a van, it's maybe closer to team bondage. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a contender for the, the title this week yeah, that could be one of quite a few this week yes if you think this title has been anything other than the Magnificent Seven you've got nothing coming there's no chance it's right. coming it's not yeah the majority rules and that one's getting ah, vetoed exactly mind you this is the a problem democracy is that, the problem is it's Chris that bloody publishes it exactly <laughs> he can, he can, basically every week he can put whatever title he wants but we'll, we'll, we'll try and break them down uh, into a different title. But yeah, party that's what I mean, it'll continue to be dreadful. No. Yeah, I've been fucking off the bottom. Yeah. As Stephen Dobie and uh, Lawrence Shireland have their contender to see who wins a Ballon d'Or that season. Yeah, yeah you mentioned Falkirk winning um, a rare win and a rare defeat for Inverness, their first in 25 games. Yeah, that was the biggest shock of it. Not the fact that Falkirk won, the fact that we're less lost. Yeah. More like it was going to be a Desmond as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which wouldn't have surprised anybody, given that we've been drawing games all over the place. So. 
<laughs> County can continue to do well. Ross County. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're they're the, the challengers to here. Mm-hmm. So late winner, but all oh, but all counts. You know, that's the sort yeah. of thing if they went up, they'll look back and mind that game at Alwa in December when we were absolutely right on well we won it. That's what yep. won is the league. Um definitely. And good result for Dunfermline as well. That only our second home victory of the season. They've been struggling a bit, but yeah, that might lift them back into contention again. Because from seventh to fourth, there's only four points. Aye, uh, League One, our brawls continue to be flying high. Ten points clear. Dumbarton, Jim Duffy is starting to, and Dumbarton is starting to see the benefit of Duffy getting the job there. Yeah, they moved up to the, the playoff spot, so um, I'd maybe expect them to come up with the table a bit now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then is Airdrie's getting Yeah, Airdrie got beat by Ray. Yeah, even Murray. Uh, they had a good win in the cup last week, but they're up against the race side who are better than them just now. Um, Result of the weekend, maybe Clyde? The comeback, yeah. Some comeback. Yes. Because it wasn't looking good at one point three down against Berwick who are near the bottom of the table and uh, Danny Lennon had just been voted match on punt for League 2 and he was on his way to an absolute pumping at home. But yeah, they dug get a nice wee point. Um, I wonder how many goals Trialist has got this season. Hi. You had two Trialists playing outside Berwick. Yeah, I took... Trialist and B-Trialist. Yeah. Yeah. One of the Trialists scored a double. I'm assuming it because they never they never actually told you which trialist it was. I'm guessing it's one that was playing further forward, but you don't know. It says trialist, my double. And then trialist got a booking. Which I well we know which trialist got a booking. But we don't know which trialist got a goal. If you're looking at the BBC website, it's probably if, if, there's, if there's any Berwick fans that want it, well, oh, my you that's the thing about trialists. <laughs> That's the whole. It's like, oh, no one's gonna know who they are straight away within about five, within probably even before the game started. Oh, that's a couple of trials playing. Oh, who are they? Who are they? You end up finding out who they are. Yeah. Pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, on Albion, they were two down to Elgin, then came back and won five two. Um, big win for them. It left them above Berwick. As they've been struggling too, but Albion Rovers are just getting cast adrift even further. Um, yeah, they're, they're already pretty doomed unless something miraculous happens to them. Yeah, I think they'll need to ask Kevin Harper to put his boots back on. Speaking of doomed, um, so much for the St Mirren comeback. Yeah, one game. Aye. Yeah, again, yeah. Hamilton, when they need the win, managed to pull it out of the bag. Well, it's it. It's happened that often, it's uh, a habit, almost. Seems weird to say when they're always like down near the bottom of the table, but you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, it was a deserved one as well. It was just, uh, I think, was that the first goal in over a month or something like that? When uh, Emery put it in? I think Emery got the one before that as well, <laughs> what, a month ago. Um, but aye, it was... Uh, the fan, it was awful. Yeah, yeah. just for, for all the good work that some done against Hearts the previous week, they just they blew it again, and um, it was a bit of a, a few sort of meaty challenges in this game. Um, 
I'm not sure any of them were straight red as sports team were trying to make it, but... Well, Simon Jackson said it deserved his two bookings. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think there's any doubt the bookings are right. Um, but, aye, it was... I think they tried to suggest Ziggy Gordon should have got sent off, but nah, that's nah. a booking, that's the right decision. Nah, I, 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 I'm not, I, they were all saying, oh, the keeper, what about the, the defender getting across? I don't think the defender needed to get across, I think it was going through the keeper. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it was a goal-scoring opportunity, though. I think the problem for St Mirren is the fact that the defence has been so static, which I'm guessing is down to Zorro defending as opposed to man-marking. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, these players marking areas as opposed to players. I think it's much easier to say, that's your man. Yeah, yeah exactly. Then you, don't, then you know exactly who to blame, because otherwise Zorro marking, you see it all the time. Yeah, Players just look at each other, oh no, it was yours, that was your man. Oh, yeah. See if it's man-marking, it's your man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, James Keaton like scored a great goal. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying say that nobody could do anything with Keaton's. That's a cracking goal. Yeah. Um, second week in a row, it's been a cracking goal scored at Paisley. So. Yeah. Aye, Keaton's and Hamilton like, played in D midweek as well. Aye, if they win that, that's them climbing well away. Um, Pushing for Europe. Yeah. I never saw this interview, by the way, but I saw it advertised and I couldn't have thought of anything worse to watch. It was. Um, Chris Boy, Chris Commons interview Neil McCann, and it just sums up your advert for Sky Sports. Was that an interview for Neil McCann to get his old job back? Probably. It was Neil. Uh, it was Neil McCann <laughs> uh, talking about how he was uh, harshly uh, mutually agreed to leave. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Uh, very good. Mutually agreed, but it was harsh. Uh, how does that work? Yeah. I mean, you were sacked, Neil, rightly, because <laughs> you were rotten. <laughs> but it doesn't really um, bode well for people who are going through college and university to try, try and be journalists and work their way up um, to see um, Boyd and Commons be interviewers with no media training whatsoever. It's just... I think they may have had some, but... Aye, it's yeah. pundits, but not as interviewers. Oh, it's... But it's just jobs for the boys, isn't it? Aye, exactly. Yeah. Just, I suppose it's the style. We, we, we can hardly comment. We didn't have any media training to do a podcast. Aye, but we're <laughs> not an official so, media so, station, to be fair. No, but, but it's, still, it's the same idea. We're we're sitting no discussing stuff. The whole point of that setup is it's three footballers sitting discussing football. Yeah, we're no paid. Uh-huh. But I'm not. Maybe it's just an excuse um, to put the boot into McCann, Commons, and Boy. To be honest, so I'll move on. <laughs> Before you get um, any any more bother, uh-huh. write a blog about it. <laughs> uh, Livingston get back to winning ways. Against Motherwell, who continue to, you don't know what you're going to get from Motherwell week to week. Aye. They just saved their games for us. Um, well. <laughs> um, but Livingston back they to the basics, solid defensively, getting goals from set pieces. Um, yeah, they really didn't know what to do with Lisco, did they? Motherwell? No. Has long I, throws, I, a just... lot of teams have struggled with him. Yeah. He's tremendous in the, both boxes. Mm-hmm. I mean, Motherwell's answer appeared to be get Johnson to fall down in the box. I mean, he, he seemed to be the one that was grabbing hold of people and then falling down. So I'm not telling you what he was trying to do there, but um, all his claims get waved away. So yeah, I think that's probably right. And Liam Kelly continues to play pretty well, though. Mm-hmm. Eight clean sheets. Yeah. yeah he's, he must be one of the top keepers in Scotland right now. Yeah. Having uh, uh, Clark at St. Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they're both doing very well. Um, but the thing about the two Livingston goals is it wasn't so much the first ball, it was the second ball. Um, yeah. 
their mother just didn't deal with it. They just won. They, they were just caught ball watching and Lawless and Halkett respectively just ran off their men and put the ball in the back in it. But yeah, there, I mean, there would have been worries that Livingston were getting hauled back into a relegation position at one point. But I think that victory's helped them and that will put them uh, back up. The back up of the house. This might be unfair because uh, we might all agree because we don't see Motherwell obviously as much as what Motherwell fans do. But I think Motherwell are one of those teams that maybe don't have a plan B. Mm-hmm. If that, so if they, if they can't win the physical battle, which because they are a physical team, then I think they struggle. It's possibly fair comment. Um... And Livingston are one of the best teams in the league uh, physically and contesting everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aye. Well, it'll be interesting to see how they got another one got on on Wednesday night because uh, they're hosting Celtic. So the last couple of days Celtic have been to Fort Park. It's been a bit of a struggle for Celtic. So um, obviously another well, physical team. Celtic couldn't beat Livingston the other week. Yeah, as you say, physical team as well. So yeah, I think that's going to be an interesting game. Yeah. Um, so Kilmarnock, uh, Steve Clark's got a question for uh, Brendan Rodgers. Can we borrow your disco lights? <laughs> Hi. It's ironic that you know a couple of weeks ago they had their disco lights and Talbot had their disco light. <laughs> <laughs> but this, I don't think we're using rugby parts disco lights this week because um, the lights oh. went well too late. What, why lights. did he even need it though? I mean, given that strip that happens around, you can see them anyway. Why? Well, I think I was listening to the radio actually, in the, I was on new back from the Talbot game, uh, and someone made a point before the game. They actually said, "Oh." If the lights go out, you'll know Mr. Hibbs' team. <laughs> and then they referred back to his head. Yeah. Did it not cut out rugby part? Um, obviously it cut out rugby part, but Richard Gordon stopped speaking to Mal Mikes and, and they just went, Billy Dodds randomly just took control and decided to be the host. Alright, nice. Um, so I think it was a proper power cut, it wasn't just the lights? Yeah. Right, okay. Nice. Come on, it's superb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amy Brophy back in the team and um, yeah, makes a big difference. Yeah, definitely, he's got that mobility. Um, and Stuart looked back to his best. I think he plays better when Brophy's alongside him. <laughs> Did you see that bit where he's, he's, he's skipped Mulligan three times? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Even the commentator of sports team was saying, "Oh, he'll be painting it back in three <laughs> times." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> tickets. Aye, it was just phenomenal. I mean, we just could not get a sniff of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, right, Stuart and Brophy had been uh, were, were great a couple of weeks ago over up front for Kilmarnock, so um, having got both of them back in the team again, that's why Boyd gets to sit and do interviews now. That's the best place for him, given the former oh. Um the, the other weird thing for this game, actually, why does McGregor, when he gives away the penalty, put his hand up as if he's trying to claim for a goal kick? <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's a goal kick. You mean you just took the man then? <laughs> what about a penalty then? What are you claiming for? Aye. See, just going back to Brophy, though, and Stuart, they've scored 11 goals between them this season. Yeah. And apart from Edward, uh, Brophy has the best minutes per goal out of the top goal scorers in the league. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's been terrific. He was always, I mean, uh, he was always a player. Um, when he played, was it Hamilton? He came from mm-hmm. pretty sure. Hamilton, aye. Anytime Celtic played Hamilton, he was around. He was the one that worried me. Um, so I'm not really surprised that now he's moved up to Kilmarnock. He's one of the bigger and better things. And the partnership he's got up with Stuart has been, has been brilliant. So um, Kilmarnock are, are well worth sitting third in the league at the moment. Oh, I would hit it out. 
keeps it up, maybe a contender for a Scotland squad. Yeah. Both of them. Could be. Brophy more, maybe Brophy more so than Stuart. Yeah, I would have said more Brophy because we're still needing our striker. But, um, yes, it, it just goes to show, I mean, Greg Stewart was with us, play, um, played mainly as a winger and it didn't quite work out, although I thought he didn't get a proper run the team, but command of giving him that run, he's shown his consistency again and he is a good player. I think with that, though, we've spoken about that before in terms of he was in the unfortunate position whereby we had too many players for number 10 rule. Or I wanted to play number 10 rule. Yeah. Uh, uh, but moving on to Sunday. Sunday's game, yeah, the, the League Cup third place playoff, which again was a home game for Hearts. Just for the semi. League Cup third place playoff. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, I like that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the two of them would have rather been playing the final yesterday. Um, it's going to be TT Short as well. <laughs> so, Hearts finally scored. Well, technically, that was uh, an own goal, but close enough. Hearts got a goal. Yeah, Carly. It's been a while. Um, it looked a bit better from what I've seen in the highlights. I never watched the game, but um, given they've been. Completely off a of boil um, since they lost Naismith in the semi-final the League Cup. They haven't been able to score since then. Um, they just haven't really looked at scoring either. But against the Rangers, they looked a bit better. Um, but still, ultimately, weren't the better team in the game, Rangers were. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do take a bit of a, um objection to the idea that Rangers deserved to win, given uh, they only scored one legitimate goal. I think they did deserve to win. Yeah, they, they had a lot of chances, a lot of chances. Yeah, never took them though. Yeah. No, but I think if if you if you were going to say one team deserved to win out of two, it was definitely Rangers. I would say. Well, I so. think Hearts would argue that. I know, I know, I know, I know what people mean when they say they deserve to win. But ultimately, Rangers always scored one good goal, and they got they conceded a goal. It was good, so it should be one each draw, should it not? They were uh, I mean. On Thursday night, they had a goal ruled out for offside that was correct. Um, that was a bit of a novelty. Um, because the winning goal that Morelos got, it was about three of them offside. There's a line called the 18-yard line, which should have made it really easy for the linesman to notice who was offside. And he still managed to make a complete mess of it. Yes, Craig, um, Craig Levine made that point. Um, Keith yeah. spoke to John Fleming and he says, well, stand in the edge, hold your line on the line of the box. They did that and they still got it wrong. Yeah. Um, I'm a bit worried about the fact that the, the referee, the head of referees, telling you how to uh, to make their job easier. You just do your job properly, and you still got it wrong anyway. Maybe but, he should uh, have a word with his referees about how to make things easier. I, I mean, uh-huh. we, we should point out that it's not the only really awful offside decision that was given in that game because there was another one where Morelos was just away, and uh, the replay showed he was about two or three yards on. Wasn't even, it was not as if it was level, it was just a mile on, and the, the lines were still flagged off for offside. So, on that balance, maybe Morella should have got on and scored that goal, and there you go. That'd have been your 2 1. Um, but aye, I mean, that's put uh, Rangers top of the league. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. I was wrongly suggesting that was the first time a Rangers team had been top of the top flight in seven years, because I think it was, was it last season or the season before? They were top for about a week because they'd played a game more than everybody else. And they've tweeted, even their Twitter account was tweeting, oh, we welcome the chase, haha. <laughs> and then they ended up like third. So, um, you don't win anything at this time in the season. Well, you do, but not the league. Yeah, to be fair to Gerard, he said it doesn't really mean anything yet. So, yeah. that just shows where 
his feet are grounded and he wants to keep his players grounded. Um, although speaking about grounded, <laughs> Scott Arfield's challenge. Now, has he forgotten that um, if you've played, if you've, anyone's played FIFA 97-98, you know you <laughs> cannot slide in on the goalkeeper. It's an automatic red card. But he yes. took it. It's the it's fact an awful that, challenge. Aye. It's an absolutely terrible challenge. Why is he appealing it? You know, you see, see me arguing the decision. It's like, I think Stephen Jam must have showed him that. That's what I said. Mate, that's ridiculous. You're suspended for the Aberdeen game because of that. When I heard about that, I thought maybe it was one of these ones where he just he'd missed timed it or something, and the the goalkeeper got a hold of it before he could get there. But then I seen it in the sports scene, and it was when there was time to think about it, and then he thought, oh, he's got it in his hands. Uh, he's not left it off the ground, though. I could slide in and get that. <laughs> that was the kind of thinking. It's a type of, it's a type of slide you did at school in the, the assembly hall to try and impress the girls. <laughs> Remember? No? The I don't, I don't think sit- I ever tried to impress girls by sliding. Aye, see, the first year you did anything to impress them. Uh, the assembly hall slide, there's our next title contender. It was a, aye, there was a film, it might have been Dirty Dancing or something, there was some kind of film around about that time, and that's what some guy did, take it up to a girl, he like slid up, slid on his knees. <laughs> uh, maybe shows my age, I'm a wee bit older, but aye. Uh, no, I mean, if you want to be down with the kids, you slide into the DMs these days. <laughs> Aye, it's alright though if you're the same age as the kid. <laughs> you're trying to impress. So it was alright. Uh, but aye, there was a film. I'll find out what the film was, but that's what you did. I'll get a YouTube clip and I'll put it up in the podcast. Okay, right. Can, can we move on again? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the Hearts and Angels game wasn't the only thing that happened on Sunday. Yeah, there's was a Euro 2020 draw. Euro 2020. No, no. No finish talk about Hearts and Rangers. I want to go back to the referee thing. Because oh, we're going to continue to talk about referees. See oh, if uh, Conroy thinks that what Levine says is a personal insult, then he's obviously not been insulted often in his life and he should he will have been. He's a referee. All Craig Levine that I have seen him say is it was like playing against twelve men, then went on to say it was like playing against thirteen men. I didn't hear Craig Levine insult uh, Madden, personally. He says he had a bad game, but that was about it. <laughs> I mean, is that an insult? Is that really a... I mean, I don't know. No. I mean, if you'd called him Bobby, Bobby Madman or something, then mm-hmm. that would have been a personal insult. Or Brother Madden, maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe that's personal. But no, he, he, was, he was succinct and made his point about the, the quality of his refereeing. It was not personal. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think it's, I don't think um, Steve Conroy can come away with saying it's derogatory in the meaning. No. no you're just rubbish at your job. Right. Just wanted to make that point because Craig Levine will probably be pulled up for it, I would imagine. Oh, no, I think he knows it. I think he's already started writing the check. I probably, I is. <laughs> I, think he, I think he's got a check, but it's just for the SFA, actually. <laughs> probably. <laughs> he's getting it. Rangers got done by is it five counts uh, after their rant about Willie Collin. Is that not a bit harsh that Rangers finally get done for something and uh, it's something they're absolutely right about? I, th- I think what Rangers should have done was say, can everyone else join in on the Willie Cullen bandwagon? Aye. And maybe the um some they they might have got a more lenient punishment, or this or this way would have just had to be forced their hand into getting rid of Willie Cullen. But yeah, interesting thing about Willie Cullen, he was the fourth official for Livingston and Motherwell, and he's not got a game in Wednesday. Yeah, but the SFR also saying they won't keep him away from Rangers. Well, not should they? I mean, you can't have Rangers starting to pick and choose what the referees you want. Or any other team for that matter. 
No, he should. He I should think we're not. The only Rangers we're game not. he should get is um, winning Rangers versus whoever they're playing that weekend. Yeah, that's yeah, wait a minute. No, that's very unfair. For, no, I don't. I don't think so. We've we've had bad referees in our game before. We've had Andrew Dallas. Oh, uh, kaboom! Oh, we're going to have. We're going to have link. There is oh, your uh, link. Are we going to talk about that before we get to Euro 2020? Yes, we are definitely. We may as well. We're on the subject of referees. The uh, worst, the worst get... refereeing decision in a major cup final I've seen since George Smith gave a penalty against uh, Willie Miller for Al McCoy's falling into him. Which, how many bad decisions? Because there was so many. Yeah. He, I, I have been telling you for how many years now, Chris? Yeah, oh yeah, you, you, you warned us about Andrew Dallas coming up through the ranks. And we all right. knew he was going to get big games. We all knew it. Uh, nothing, nothing to do with his ability. Nothing to do with his ability whatsoever. It is just the Dallas name. Yeah. We all yeah. know it. We need to point out as well, this is not just, obviously, I was saying this, this is not just sour grapes and managers. No. This is most, I mean, I think most managers of teams have commented about how incompetent it is. Yeah. We've seen pundits talking about it as well. Shock that he's managing sorry not managing sorry. Referee well fit type was managing the game. Uh, yeah. refereeing such a big game. Mm-hmm. Like I mean this is where the F bombs could be dropping all over the place. Yeah. I, I called it in the crowd yesterday the Dallas show. Yeah. yeah. Well Dallas was a soap opera in the eighties. <laughs> Yeah, Dallas was yeah. a soap opera in the 80s and it's now been revisited in this era under the name of Andrew. And it's not a good remake? No, no. it's not. But see, even when he gives that penalty decision, I mean, when he's about to blow his whistle, he looks as though he's actually laughing. Which just sums up... I'm not saying that he's given that decision on purpose, um, but it's... Well, he's to- it's just he's told Graham Shinney. He told Graham Shinney to go back and watch the replay. Well, he needs to look at, look back at the replay yeah. and see that he made a, an absolutely terrible yeah. error. Right. Well, first um, there's no one, no one in that stadium. I don't think no one I've spoke to anywhere that has mm-hmm. even suggested that was a penalty. No, and that's coming from Celtic fans as well. Yeah. Uh, everyone. Mm-hmm. So we can't all be wrong. Yeah, I mean, like, I can read that right here. Headed on his own hand, which is outside the box. I'm not convinced that's even a foul. It's certainly not in the box. No. That was what I sent the message to our wee WhatsApp group before yeah. we before we'd even taken the penalty. Yeah, because it was that ridiculous a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched it a few more times since I said that, and I stand by it. I mean, yeah. if you were being utterly harsh, the the hand might move towards the ball, so you could technically give the hand ball. It's I, still outside the box. I know, but how's he supposed to, um, you know, go in for a diving header with? I mean, is he supposed to have his arms behind his back in, yeah, and I, dive like some silly right. fish? Was the hand off? Aye, I mean, never is he supposed to dive with his arms, arms right by his side? It's a, it's a natural movement to have his arms out at that point. Where's his arms supposed to go? And it's not as if he's trying to head his hand, head the ball on his hand. You know, yeah, it, it, it literally was ball to hand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's thankfully, ball. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Th- thankfully, Joe Lewis makes a great save. Yeah. So the, this this horrible horrible decision does not end up deciding the cup. Mm-hmm. Can I just make a point though on the the penalty time as well, and when Sinclair's hitting it, so when it gets to the actual penalty, how does it help Scott Sinclair that all the Celtic fans are flashing mobile lights in his face? <laughs> That's a good point. I have no idea. <laughs> But then um, most of those mobile, most of those lights, most of those lights would have been way behind the goal, 
Så yeah, tror du ikke det blir bare å si dem? Nei, det var, det var noen de hadde fatt. <laughs> well, <hi. laughs> it wasn't a bad penalty hit, but it's a brilliant it's save. He could have put it more in the corner, but I don't think it was a bad penalty at all. It's a, it's a terrific save. Um, if he doesn't guess the right way, it's 2-0. Um, so I don't think I can take in away from, from Scott Sinclair's penalty. It's a great save. Mm-hmm. Um, so feel great for that. Uh, and like I said, just as done because it was never a penalty. Uh, so we're not we're not sitting here talking about a dodgy decision to decide the cup. We're just talking about a dodgy decision that Dallas made. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, throughout the game, Dallas was just bizarre. I mean, it was things like he was booking like Christie and Rodjick for coming for pulling Aberdeen players back. But if an Aberdeen player did exactly the same thing, he did the ball. Mm-hmm. He but then Tierney, a few yeah. as well. There was one with Tierney slaps. Yeah. Tierney yeah. slaps him again and kicks him. Doesn't get anything. From if it's from behind, generally it's a foul and it's a card. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other ones as well. Later on, there's Scott Brown as well. On I think Ferguson. Come on, it's a Scottish referee. Scott Brown's not allowed to get booked no. unless it's for GBH. Um, there's a few others. <laughs> I mean, we're all gonna we're gonna notice more the ones on our side, obviously, because you're yeah. you're looking at your team and decisions. But you could probably tell us ones that you think that yeah. Dallas missed on the other side. Yeah, yeah. The the one I want to know about. What's the one that McInnes is calling about about the the Christie second one? <laughs> Some second thing. The, as far as I can recall, the one that, if he's thinking of the one I'm thinking of, it was a cracking challenge. You won the ball cleanly. There's nothing wrong with it. I watched the game fully back when I got home. Um, and I was looking for that instant. I couldn't. I couldn't see it. It's Tom Rogers one though. There's a Tom Tom Rogers hang. Yeah, that Tom Rogers uh, just before. Be. Yeah, just before he get taken off. Aye, that that was probably the one that was. Like, Unless I don't he's think, getting mixed up, he might have got mixed up. I don't think Rogers done enough the second time to get well a second booking, and I think another referee might have booked him. But I kind of get like I don't think a sending off would have been an Andrew Dallas's. Uh, Hall of Fame for showing off in that game. I think he wanted to try and keep 11 men on the park for both sides. Yeah, you know, better. Just wanted to be centre of attention for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the other um, big thing for this game uh, was the Mackay Stephen um, head knock. Mm-hmm. Wait, oh, I suppose it's Mackay Stephen and Boyata head knock. Um, and there's got to be questions over uh, how we deal with concussion in this country mm-hmm. because. Mackay Stephen, almost immediately after the game, is being declared by McInnes to be fit for next week. He won't be fit for midweek, but be alright for next week. So apparently he'll be fine. He's just charged for hospital today. today. This is 24 hours after the game. Um, Boyata. Football's like football's only four days. Four days is not enough. No. I think rugby's three weeks. No, rugby's back next week for rugby. What's that? He'll be back the next week for rugby as well. It's mental. I thought rugby used to be quite strict with it. Yeah. Uh, Unless they've changed since they've gone the, professional, but rugby. The, it's been mentioned a few times that the SFA and the SRU have got the same mm-hmm. uh, guidelines when it comes to head knocks and concussion. Yeah, it's so. kind of worrying. I th- there was even talk as well in terms of Boyata and whether Boyata was fit to continue as well. Oh, I know he goes off later on with hamstring, mm-hmm. supposedly, but. Yeah, um, I mean, he'd be certainly holding his leg when he went off, but. Yeah. I mean, for me, Boyata didn't know what date was. Well. You say yes. that. I mean, I've seen it mentioned that, oh, just tell me it's Pelly. That whole attitude. Somebody told him he was Van Dyke. Because <laughs> well, the next thing he does is play that ball through to Christie. Aye, so, well, that's, that's a problem right there. 
Yeah. It's a cracking book, but it's, it's, it's perfectly weighted. It's mm-hmm. well picked out. How he sees that run, I don't know. Um, but, I mean, I, I would question my boy. I was still in the park yeah. at that point. Yeah, I thought he was coming off straight away at that point. Um, yeah. But he obviously... It wasn't obviously one of those ones that you could just wait for um, the next stoppage because the stoppage was long enough. What was worrying as well about the Mackay Steve one, all the Aberdeen players and some of the Celtic players right away waved, get the stretcher on. And it was a good two or three minutes before they actually acted. That was was quite worrying. Um, There's a fair bit of talk about that as well in terms of whether Andrew Dallas needs to let the the medical staff on quicker as well. Yeah. Because yes. I think the referee has to be the one that says, right, come on. Aye, the medical it. staff should be on as quickly as possible. The stretcher, maybe not, but the medical staff certainly. Because um, yeah. our, our doctor, certainly our do- Aberdeen doctors and physios were on quick enough. Mm-hmm. They ran on the pitch. Yeah. As soon as they were told, they were allowed to enter the enter the field of play. Mm-hmm. But yeah, something like that. It's a difficult one to manage, I suppose. Yeah. But cause, I mean, there's the times that you'll see players go down and they're claiming that. But you could see that clearly was... a a head knock and it was a bad situation. So let the let the let the, the experts come on and deal with it yeah. as quickly as possible. You could tell how bad an injury it was. The fact the whole stadium pretty much gassed and it just went silent for a good few minutes, and then obviously we guess what happened in the semi final as well. Considine, yeah. I know. Uh, just uh, he was back within a fortnight. For to, what's that? He was back within a fortnight as well. He looked as though he broke his neck at one point. Played the following weekend. Was he not Dundee? There you go. See? He played. He played. Um, he played. I think he came on against Kilmarnock or he played against Hibs. Um, but he missed the Hamilton game in the midweek. But that's the same story with Mackay Stephen. He misses midweek against Rangers, but he's back for St. Johnson apparently. Don't know how that's going to work. Yeah. It's just. It's, um, it's bizarre how these rules are. Going back to going back to the even like the start of the game and team selection. Because that was a big big thing for both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, from our point of view. There was a lot of talk about what we wanted the team to be and different things. About Devlin was a big thing. Uh, was Devlin going to be fit? Uh, John and me were kind of speaking about it because we met up for the game yesterday. And my take on it was if Devlin didn't play, I thought Ball would play in the holding role. Ball might have played the holding role whether Devlin was fit or not. But um, I thought we set up really well, actually. I know people were a bit kind of worried when we seen the team. I think Ball and Cosgrove played perfectly well. I actually think Cosgrove caused Celtic a lot of problems and a lot of balls in the air. Mm-hmm. The problem was, and it's been a problem all season, straight off, not even just all season, um, that at times it was very isolated and there wasn't players getting close enough for the knockdowns. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, when you go, sorry. From my perspective, I mean, I think Aberdeen defended pretty well. Um, they were getting forward reasonably well as well. I mean, the... the they were causing us all sorts of problems in the kind of wide areas. The problem they had was getting the ball into the box and finding someone that got there because it was just a Celtic player that cleared it every time. Mm-hmm. I I struggle to remember Scott Bain making a save in this game at all. I don't. I'm not. I can't really remember him doing much. Yeah. Um, the closest that anybody came to putting the ball in Celtic's net was Joseph Simonovic when he came on with his first touch when he hit the crossbar. Mm-hmm. No Benkovic. Um, was it Benkovic? I thought it was Simonovic. No, it was Simonovic. Oh, yeah. Was it Simonovic? Yeah. Aye, Benkovic had, had the shot into Joe Lewis that Lewis turned Aye, I know that one. Um, yeah, I mean, that was a good save. I mean, that was the other thing. I mean, Lewis made some terrific saves throughout this game. I mean, even even his first, uh, the first effort that Christie had at the goal 
was a good save. It was just a Lois was unlucky. It fell for Christie again, um, and then I don't even know what Shea Logan was doing. Um, but oh, wait a minute, is this for the goal? Yeah. No, it's not Shea Logan's fault. It's Shea's right. fault. No, Aberdeen, Aber, no, Aberdeen are picking up. They've been told to pick up man for man. Christie's not playing wide. Logan is trying to cover Sinclair, and actually Logan has to come across to make up for the fact that no one picks up Christie. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that, that, I mean, I don't think that, I don't think Logan Logan can't get the blame for that one. If no, I mean, Logan's the one that's quickest to react. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, was... I get that, but I don't know what, what Logan did once he got to Christie, because he just seemed to sort of fall next to him as opposed to anything else. I think he's trying. Uh, and to Christie was ball. able to reach to get it. I didn't think Christie was going to get the rebound. I thought Logan was going to get it. Yeah. He's obviously trying desperately to get the ball, but um, the one to blame, unfortunately, is Shinny, because Christie yeah, was yeah. Shinny's main man all game. Um, yep. But at the end of the day, it came, it came from a couple of things. Apparently, it was 39 passes led up to that goal, but Aberdeen were clearly affected by the disruption of the Mackay Stephen injury, um, and you know, the six minute delay probably affected them a bit more. And then they just switched up. The one moment in the game, in, in that first half, where they switched off, and it obviously leads to a goal, you know, teams like Celtic yep. will punish you. It's just one of these things, because I thought we played very well that first half. Um, you know, we matched Celtic very well. Forrest um, was in Lowe's pocket all game. Um, Sinclair wasn't much better on the other side against Logan um, and I thought Rogic was quite quite I know he hit the post quite early when the one time ball lost him but then ball had him pretty much the rest of the game Ferguson did a good job on uh, McGregor um, but it was just that one and I thought Shinny was doing very well against Christie but it was just that one moment and it cost us see for all you're saying that I I think as well with that uh, on the talk of that it was the only time that Celtic managed to get through the centre of our defence, centre of our team. Mm-hmm. Most things were going out wide. You had the Rogic chance, which was from out wide. You had Forrest out wide. It was the one time that Celtic managed to get a ball through the middle. <coughs> Always. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you on this one. Because when, the when, more, else was there, when else well, was there? The more the game went on, the more stretched it got as Aberdeen were pushing for the equaliser. It started leaving gaps at the back. There were several occasions Celtic broke up the park and blew it. It should have been more than one 0 because I think like there was there was a chance that Sinclair lobbed over the goalkeeper and the crossbar. There was another chance that Edward was too greedy and should have squared it for a tap in. You, you've said you've said the with Rangers that Rangers, uh, even though they had all these chances, they didn't deserve to win by more. Didn't even deserve to win. So how can you say for Celtic <laughs> that all these chances meant that Celtic should have won by more? No, I'm saying we could have won by more. We but, should have done better, yeah. but we did. So I mean, Aberdeen had chances as well. We didn't have that many, to be honest, John. Um, unfortunately, chances though. That's that's the problem. I, I don't, was, for all they were creating a lot, didn't really finish anything. It was like I say, I don't remember Scott Bain making a save. I remember Lewis making plenty. Mm-hmm. I think Lewis made three, maybe we, three saves. We had a we had a couple of um, opportunities. Like when McLennan came on, um, he looked very lively, which gives me a bit of encouragement for Wednesday because I think he's the sort of guy that will have no fear in taking on Tavernier and exploiting his defensive weaknesses. Um, have no fear take on Tavernier there's another <laughs> little tagline for the, the I, podcast I think that's too long for a title um, uh, it's, too long for a it's, like, a, it's like a 1975 song if you know that I speak <laughs> down with the kids again they've got long, long song titles God's sake. you know the 1975 yes band and the song titles so it, it could be in with the, the time because it won't come out last week shows what on trend and all that uh, I think somebody's a showing their age here. How do you not know him? 
They're not from 1975, they're no. just called the 1975. No. Look at them up Spotify. Yeah. Pretty good, that. <sighs> anyway. Bye, we didn't, we didn't create that much. I mean, Wilson had the overhead kick, um, which was yeah, probably the one save. Off. There was no saves, but I think we, I think we kept Celtic honest enough. Celtic well, knew they were in the game. I, th- I think well, we had a lot of individual contests. We kept, we kept them at arm's length. We did a good job for large parts, especially in the first half. But I think ultimately, if you analyse the 90 minutes, I think Celtic were deserved of their victory. Um, we just didn't do enough but, at the other end, um, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, Celtic. Yeah, most, most, Celtic most of the Celtic. Team, but Celtic, uh, as far as everyone's concerned, apart from, apart from within Aberdeen, Celtic were going to blow us away. Yeah. We had no chance. Oh, but that's the thing. I mean, as far, as far as I'm concerned, what happened was Celtic got most of their decent chances when Aberdeen were pushing up and trying to get an equaliser. And that's when the gap started appearing and Celtic were exploiting it, but not enough that they actually took any of the chances. And that's why it was 1-0 and not 2-0 or 3-0 or anything like that. But it was never, there was never any point in that game where I thought Aberdeen were out of it. It was never that whole Celtic blowing Aberdeen away thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'd even suggested that it, it was going to be a lot tighter because I didn't, I didn't expect Aberdeen to play as badly as they did against Waterloo, and they didn't. The last time we played uh, Celtic Aberdeen played was at Celtic Park, and it was a one 0 win which took Scott Sinclair back heel to get the the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this time it was about a it was a brilliant pass by Yata, a good shot for Christie, which was well said by Lewis, but he was unfortunate it broke back to Christie, and he was just there to get it before uh, Logan could. Yeah. So and that's the difficult difference. Thing, yeah, difficult thing as well with Celtic is just now the formation that they're playing, because it's not an it's not a traditional midfield setup. It's all there's not a a defensively minded player in there as such. McGregor's kind of playing the defensive minded yeah. role, but even McGregor has got license to get forward if if yeah. and when it's required. Rodgers and Christie certainly are defensive minded, so you're almost playing against three attacking midfielders mm-hmm. in the centre of the park. Yeah, I think Celtic paid a compliment. Who compl- do you pick up? Yeah, I th- that's where the goal probably was a problem. I think Celtic paid a compliment by bringing on Scott Brown to shore it up, because um, we were looking as though we could get back in the game at that point, and they brought Brown on, and I think he camped things down from the middle of the park. Um, yes, I did. As much as he was at his wind up, but that's what Scott Brown does, and you've just got to um, stand up to that. And um, I know how when Shinny had a bit of afters as usual, um, Shinny had a go at him in the the paper but that that all stems from Scott Brown having a go at Shinny at the, for the game at the end of last season um, at Parkhead so there's no love lost but, there between the two I think it's my favourite Shinny moment was when uh, he, he was trying to claim for a handball when the replay clearly showed that he had somebody he had a hold of somebody's nose <laughs> and that's what the film was given for and then and in the process of that the ball then came and hit I think it was either it was either Benkovic or it was Simonovic it was one of the two but Shinny had the hold of the, all these nose like as if she, Graham Shinny doesn't have enough nose already I think we've said I think we've I think we've said before and uh, the, the players we always talk about the most are the ones that probably secretly you would want in your team yeah. and Scott Brown maybe is one of those players he's a part of my villain of course he would but he, he's very effective at what he does yeah. and I, it's a hard one to say but if I, he does get away with a lot because we, we've got our own player like Shinny and I know fans of other clubs hate Shinny they don't like him mm-hmm. but probably you'd be pretty happy if you had Shinny in your team Shinny and Brown in your midfield would be a very good one well it would mm-hmm. be you wouldn't lose many battles yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'll tell you that for nothing Yeah. Uh, but yeah I, 
it, in a way though the whole thing it's kind of good it's kind of bad because you want players to be sporting whether they win or lose and I have seen it creep in Wabry and Celtic but you also want that bit of needle in these big matches mm-hmm. you want it to yeah. be competitive you, you, you want to you want to kind of come out after the game and think we gave it our all they gave it their all the, the best team won which yeah. Say Celtic, yeah we're a better team but you I do want was, that rivalry. You want that rivalry. There, yeah. there was a little bit of misunderstanding at the end of the game as well because a few of the Celtic players thought the referee had blown for full time and he'd actually blown for a fill. Um, so they were already celebrating. It just happened to be quite near. Uh, that was the listing. Yeah, that was the listing. Listing and Brown were celebrating when they'd won it, and then it turned out it was just a free kick. Aye, but also as well, Lustig and Scott Brown are celebrated in Ferguson's face. Now Shea Logan last year was supposedly the worst person in the world for what he was doing. <laughs> so I think Lustig and Scott Brown, as experienced professionals, need to take a good look at them. I think was actually there. I think that was more to do with the fact they just happened to be there at the time. What, laughing that's in his what, face? That's what, that's what the film was. So, la- so laughing in his face, is that that's all right? I don't think it was laughing in his him. face. What's that? I don't think it was laughing in his face. What, Lustig and Brown? Yeah. The, the, the two of them were clearly... Winded up Lewis Ferguson. Yeah. The two of them had the two of them they picked him out, they had to go at him. Lustig, Lustig wasn't what is an innocent bystander at uh, the end of the game last last year as well, but Logan. No, he never is. <laughs> Lustig enjoys winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's no, winning, I, but there's also again I, I don't think it was him in that. I think that's all that was, was winning. And you I thought they hadn't actually won yet because it was a free kick. Uh, and since it was just after Lewis had committed the foul, eh, Lewis Ferguson had committed the foul in the first place, I'm not even surprised he was nearby. I don't think, I, I, honestly, it's I don't think... It's not a set to go to laugh in someone's face, is it? You, you, you win, you win, but if, if Logan was the worst person in the world last year for what he did, so you can't have the same but Logan carried it on all the way over to the fans. That's What's that? Logan carried it on all of the way over, over to the fans. What does it make a difference? You have respect for your fellow, that, fellow players. This popcorn's good, lads. <laughs> well, you do. You don't think so, John? You have respect for your fellow players. If you can, if you can lose with the lose. Oh, I forgot. I forgot to talk about respect. Why didn't Shinny shake him his hand at the end of the game? He did, Shinny, apart from Brown. Which isn't right. Which isn't right. And then, then Shinny's the one that's got the cheek to come out in the, the papers and go, "Oh, you've got to show respect. You don't show respect. So why? Why are you the spokesman?" Well, Shinny said that Brown never shook his hand. Down the two of them, but that, that's a separate. That one's a separate one. Lustig. It's clear that, that Lustig does it. I think we'll agree to disagree on this one. John? I'm enjoying this popcorn well? too much. I, I, I saw... I, see, I only saw what I could at the behind the goal at Hamden. You know, a few restricted as it is. Um, it looked as though Lustig was um, getting in one of the Aberdeen players face I couldn't see who it was at the time obviously you've clarified it's Ferguson and there was a bit of afters after it um, Scott Bell as well with Lewis Ferguson two of them the one he'd been tangling with mm-hmm. yeah but it is what it is um, had it went the other way would a couple of Aberdeen players done the same thing we don't know um, well we need to we need to talk about so it on, on the happens we, we certainly spoke about Shea Logan in the last season plenty. Aye. So we, if 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 it's fair game I, then, I, why is not fair I, game now? I seriously didn't see enough to make a comment. That's I'm not trying to sit in the fence and, um, and like, I generally didn't sure. see enough of it. Um, and I, I know I tried to watch the full game um, when I get back, but I only managed to take one minutes and fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> 
It's not Bake Off, you know. Yeah. But I did see, um, but I still saw more of the game than Andrew Dallas. That could be hard. He's a wait. I mean, go back to the point. Yeah, he's a dreadful referee. We shouldn't be anywhere near games like this. Yeah. Um, He'll keep on getting them. He will. It, well, that's the thing. We, we we spoke for years about him coming up through the ranks. He's going to continue to get these games, not because he's any good, just because he's name. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to change until the SFA changes. And the SFA doesn't look like it's ever going to change. So no. we're stuck with him. Yeah. Like he's too old to referee. Yeah. Yeah, probably have some offspring, and we'll just go around again. <laughs> I I put a post up so, in the the Facebook group because we're trying to revive that. Um, and there was a there was just a couple of comments, but it's better than what it's been getting recently. Um, just talk about who's the worst referee in the country, and the t- um the comments that we've got so far is Craig Thompson, will they call him? Yeah, this is the, this is a problem. But that that's your top two apparently. We could put a poll Aye. up in the we can put a poll up in the the Twitter account as well. Maybe we should just pick it the worst ones because what a poll going just now. Or you could have Dallas, or you could have Beaton, or you could have Thompson. Madden. Madden. I think we're, we're going to know enough options to do a poll, I think. Do you know what might be easier? We could put who's the best referee. Aye. We'll probably get zero responses. I was going to say, you want responses, <laughs> you never get any of that one. <laughs> so they said, uh-uh. <laughs> Family fortunes. Yesterday, <laughs> oh, that final would say hot the most in terms of losing it. Because I think it was there for the second. I still think the Scottish Cup final was the hardest one to take because um, of the way that went and how uh, things it happened. It wasn't but easy. It doesn't. It, it, I'll be honest. Um, that's three finals in a row, and it doesn't get any easier. Um, just sick of losing. Um, no, I, you're right. I mean, the, the 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 League Cup final two years ago, you just won it races. Yeah. Uh, but the other two, it was. It could easily have gone the other way mm-hmm. on another day, and yeah. it just so happens Celtic came out on top. Yeah. Um, uh, but tomorrow I start. Well, not tomorrow. Tonight I start my petition for all uh, games featuring Aberdeen to not be played at Hamden. Um, <laughs> so if if we can all sign that, please, yeah. Aberdeen fans and fans of any other teams, if you <laughs> want to see Celtic's dominance end, please. Wait, what sign is, it? is that one I don't care anywhere. It can be played anywhere. It can be played in bloody Buenos Aires. Can we play them Buenos Aires if we want? I'll swap it with play, play, play them at Tynecastle. Um, doesn't it doesn't necessarily be Hearts, but they don't have a good record there recently. Um, they've lost the last two of the last three, so play them there. Just anywhere but Hamden. Uh, well, we're, we're getting our wish in twenty. Second sight of the place. Yeah, we're getting our wish from twenty twenty for at least a season or two because obviously Hamden will be getting done up. Um, good. After supposedly. Aye. Uh, well, they've committed to it, so they'll have to. But the road to. Hamden um, for your UEFA 2020 was joined yesterday because obviously we'll get yeah. two games if we qualify. Um, uh, was that was done finished uh, finished up with a cup final? I no way point that seven right. won seven seven in a row now in domestic. Believe that. Yeah, congratulations. Believe congratulations. I, I, the the equals the record that Walter Smith Rangers set in the early nineties, um, and it now means that Celtic could do eight in a row and eight in a row. Yeah, if they win the league, it'll be the eighth league title in a row, and would be the eighth trophy in a row. Yeah, so. do you know what makes it even harder as well? You're talking about Walter Smith. Aberdeen were basically the ones who are challenging again then, yeah. and we were like finishing second. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was looking at something earlier. Like, so it's plus. It's, it's I was looking at the end of the season. Rangers won those seven. Yeah, it's so I. I think we lost a couple of semis. 
Uh, we, we finished. Makes it tough. We finished um, runners up league in ninety two, ninety three, and ninety three, ninety four. Lost both cup finals ninety two, ninety three, and we lost the league cup quarter final team as well as as well as the Scottish cup quarter uh, semi final Dundee United in ninety three, ninety four. And even just before that, the late eighties, we lost two league cup finals in a row. We won the third one. Yeah, I remember them well. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was the closest I've been. To, I, it was one of them. I can't remember which one it was, but I was maybe about eight or nine, and I'd cry. It was all right to cry at that time. Uh, I gave my football yesterday at the end of that match. I was, I was close. I tell you that. It, it just, it's we were all we're knocking on the door, and we're coming up against a team that is. Six times the wage, etc. They are, they are not far off being perfect in Scotland. Was it eighty percent record domestic football for Brendan Rodgers? Is it must was phenomenal. Yeah, and twenty-two cup ties. They've won twenty-two. Um, and kept yeah. a clean sheet in seventeen of them. That's a tremendous stat. I mean, I I get that there's that obvious, um, you know, budget that they've got ahead of everyone else, and that. No, can't be forgotten, but it still takes a lot to come through that amount of cup ties without losing. Um, yeah. Because on, was, um, on, on your off date, you can, I mean, they can still be beaten. They've had the odd league game where that's happened the last couple of years, but to do that yeah. in cup football is just a tremendous achievement. And yeah, well done to them, begrudgingly. Yeah. Get I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, Celtic as well. Celtic can have an off day and still win. And they can have a really bad off day, still win, because they've got that many good players. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I, was, I was trying to think um, earlier on that I don't really remember much before 1990. So we've mentioned it on this podcast a few times. One of my earliest memories is the Scottish Cup final that season, which uh, Aberdeen won. Remember, Aberdeen used to beat Celtic Cup finals. Um, but I was trying to think of how long it took me to see Celtic win seven trophies. And if you take it from that 1990, you've got the Scottish Cup in 1995, the League Cup in 97, and then the League in 98. You then have the League Cup in 2000 and then Martin O'Neill's treble. So it takes me 11 years to see Celtic win seven trophies and I've now won seven trophies in what, the entire lifetime of my daughter. Yeah, that's, <laughs> because, you had the, that's because you had the Lou McCarry and Liam Brady years. Yeah. As well. yeah we, we went six years without winning a trophy. And now you're running like, we've won the, like, the last seven. Um, and there was times where Celtic weren't qualifying for Europe at that point. Aye. Oh, that was horrible, horrible yeah. days. Yeah, Chad. I, I was at school, and I went to school with lots of Rangers fans, so you can imagine how horrible that was. Yeah, yeah, I, I had to say, I went to school with mostly Rangers fans, but thankfully we were um, winning a fair bit as well. Yeah. So it was made a bit easier. Aye, we were at least um, better than one of the Glasgow two at that point, but we're obviously yeah, um, we were at that position. Well, we were in that position up until probably this season. Um, although there's still not much in Celtic between Aberdeen Rangers just now I mentioned it what's that? I was saying that we're better than well we were up until probably this season better than one of the other Glasgow teams but I think this season it's evening out a wee bit because obviously Rangers are top and we're in seventh but we did beat them in the league Uh, semi-final big game on Wednesday mind you massive game Uh, Um, just just to finish off the League Cup thing it's the first time that somebody's won the League Cup three years in a row since uh, Rangers did it in the late 80s Um, and it's the first time Celtic have done it since the five in a row that Jockstein's team done Uh, there's an author I read about the League Cup that I think it was maybe up up to maybe about five years ago correct me if I'm wrong Celtic had lost more League Cup finals than they'd won League Cup finals Yeah. yeah that's true yeah, it was about 50-50 when we got to Brendan Rodgers' first one. Yeah. 
I, there was a there was a period under Jock Steen where I think you reached fourteen in a row. You won your first five of those, but then only won one other. Yeah, yeah. We won six and lost eight of those fourteen, and that that included the five in a row that like you mentioned. Yeah, which is bizarre. Mm. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we've, we've had a horrible, horrible relationship with the League Cup from recent. I mean, even like the, I've only been to, I think it's either three or four League Cup finals with Celtic, and I've seen us win it once. Whereas any time I've been to a Scottish Cup final, Celtic won it. <laughs> it's, it's just weird. Yeah. Uh, I should uh, as well. Obviously, it was the things earlier with the players. I should give credit to Brendan Rogers, uh, who um, congratulated us on our performance and said what a tough game it was as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Fair play to Brendan Rodgers there. Very dignified. And he highlighted her role in Ryan Chris's development as well, so no fair play to him. But still, can he please right. leave and go take that Southampton <laughs> job that's come available? No, no, no. <laughs> What's that? There's more trophies to win. <laughs> yeah, he can win the um, Hampshire Cup with Southampton. Or... <laughs> Hampshire, really? I don't know. Is that where they're based? Aye. 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 Are you telling Brendan Rodgers for the Hamden job? Right. Ah, yes. Right, John, I'll start a petition for Aberdeen not to play at Hamden. You start that one, okay? Okay. And we'll get the same folk to sign the two and I think it'll probably work out. Can I start a a petition where we just move on and talk about the Euro 2020 Yeah, let's just go with that. Ah, okay. I tried to do that a couple of weeks ago. I was shot down flames, but yeah, we'll go with Chris since he's the treble winner. (laughs) Don't, don't, don't. Like I said, I'm feeling magnificent. I can edit this crap out though. Just remember. See, they make the episode seven though. Did they not die? Did they not like kind of? <laughs> no. And then things went bad. Things went pear The movie Magnificent Seven never. Did not oh, it's one of the best westerns. No, it doesn't. They, they, they save to be Mexican village. It's great, great there's movie. Not a, there's not a Magnificent Eight, is there? <laughs> there's a Magnificent Seven vines again. Aye, well that's fine then. So we can't, it's not gonna be fourteen. Fuck that. Right, there's another one. <laughs> right. Euro 2020. Oh. <laughs> um. I thought I was supposed to say, ah, I suppose we're kind of cheered up. How many Scotland fans think we are in navy blue mankinis? Oh. I thought this, bad, this draw was bad enough. You've just made it worse. Right. <laughs> For those, for those who haven't seen the draw, Scotland have been put in a group with Belgium, who pumped us in a friendly recently, Russia, who were surprisingly good at the World Cup that they hosted, Cyprus, who sounds like a shock to me, uh, Kazakhstan, Ka- yeah, Kazakhstan, which is your reference, um, that's an awful long trip because we're going to Asia to qualify for the Euros, um, and San Marino, so that's what they used to be. Um, it's, an expensive, it's an expensive one. Yeah, if you're a, if you're a member of the Tartan Army, then sell your house. <laughs> the the draw the draw for the fixtures isn't even any better because we get four in a row against Russia and Belgium. Aye, I seen that. Aye. And we start with the trip to Kazakhstan. It's just oh, I don't like it at all. I'm glad we get back. That's all I've got to say. But that, the fact that we can go in and play yeah. like Serbia and Finland and um, that's like I'm glad we've got that. I don't think their groups are particularly good either. I was looking at that, and I think they might struggle to get out as well. So I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if the C-section playoffs are exactly the teams that are expected to be. The way I look at the the draw, yeah, it's it's not one that we would have liked, but 
it could have been worse. We could have ended up with Holland and Germany, which is what yep, Northern, worse, which is what Northern Ireland had. But what I heard about this draw is obviously we didn't get to see it. Was it Republic of Ireland were actually drawn in that section with Holland and um, Germany? But because of this, you can't have more than two host nations in the section. They were moved into section D. So, or oh, Group D, sorry. Yeah. Aye, so Northern Ireland's got Irish that one. <laughs> I'll help Irish relations. Yeah, so I could just imagine Michael O'Neill's reaction. Um, so, aye, he would never be in best place. But looking at the schedule for the Scotland fixtures, it's interesting that we start and then we catch it. In fact, we start with the bottom three in our group and then with the bottom three. And in the middle, we've got nice wee double headers with Belgium and Russia. <laughs> so, so when, when you're first the win your last three and hope for maybe a couple of points off the middle four I don't think Russia I know they had a good World Cup but um, they're, they're not as good as they were like 10 years ago when they had Dar Shavin in the team and were managed no, they're, they're not, but um, they're still going to be a dangerous team I wouldn't want to be going there um, but they're a team that were possibly capable of picking up some points from selling at home my worry is that we drop points in Kazakhstan like we did against Georgia a good few times and Russia pick up something against Belgium at home. That's my fear from this. I'd be worried about Cyprus as well. Cyprus are mm-hmm. a Belgian. Chris, they're the ones that worry me most, actually, because like, Belgium are like the top team in FIFA World Rankings at the moment, so we're pretty much expected to lose to them. Probably will. Like you say, Russia over there are going to be a tricky prospect because mm-hmm. I think they're a bit more confident after how they played in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. as hosts so at home they might be more dangerous than you would uh, otherwise have expected that's um, Hamden maybe not maybe we've got a chance there Cyprus is likely to be a shock that's what worries me the most because mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing we slap up on it's not the big teams We'd kinda, we kind of we sometimes do better than expected against the big teams it's when we do worse than expected against the smaller teams yeah. and Cyprus jumps out as me being one of them even the, even the trip to Kazakhstan I think it's going to be tricky as well there's a there's a start that um with Scotland qualifying, um, qualifying campaigns, we haven't beaten both the bottom two um, seeds in, in each of our campaigns for the last 22 years. The last time There's that we beat... start, eh? Aye. So that probably explains why we haven't qualified, but we'll probably end up dropping points in Kazakhstan. That long trip. Yeah. Um, at least when we play Cyprus away from home, it's in November, where it's not as hot as, say, yeah. June, when we play them at home. Um, so... You never know. Um, if we're still in it with three games to go, then we've got a chance. But yeah, see, just because we're on the subject of European football, uh, fairly breaking news, and I'm pleased with this one. Luka Modric won the Ballon d'Or. Oh, After his World Cup, I'm not really surprised. That's a, a great shoot. Class player, class player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, good on him. Uh, it's but good yeah, to see someone other than um, Ronaldo and Messi win it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And it's not Neymar. Uh, yes. Yes. But aye, Scotland. Aye, aye, it's definitely a group we can get out of. But there's, uh, there's some aye, banana skins. Yeah. It's just as well we've got the backup of the playoff. Um, but, yeah, yeah, but James McFarren says that that's. Well, no, we wouldn't avoid that. keep that at the back of our minds just now. Aye. Yeah. Again, it, I mean, it goes back to what we were saying earlier. It's like Celtic have got that fallback of they know they, could, they can go through with a draw. But you don't play for the draw, you play for the win. Mm-hmm. If you get the draw, then fine, great, okay. Yeah. But you don't really think about it. You have to go out there and win the game. Yep. Main thing in this campaign, I think and half thought, well, wait, wait, we know what, we know what happens. If we can make 
Aber, uh, Hampton, a fortress again, mm-hmm. you've got a chance of qualifying. Yeah. Because there was times when we were qualifying or getting close to qualifying that we were at least drawing against most of the big teams. Sometimes we've been winning. Sometimes there was times we made it very difficult. Lichtenstein. Yes. Uh, but if we can, say, pick up... Let's see. Maybe we've been greedy. Say 11 points at home. Yeah. Then we'd maybe stand a, a decent chance. Does. Yeah, that'd be... That'd be decent. Um, but one thing that we certainly need to do... Um, is ditch this a draw will do mentality because um, that's what Gordon Strachan Aye. did with the you know the Ireland game in Dublin and certain members of Scotland fans were celebrating that draw and that came back to bite us um, in the rear end Ireland ended up qualifying we didn't um, that to be it, fair, I still I still put it down to losing in Georgia rather than anything else that if we yeah. don't lose, if we win in Georgia rather than losing that draw is great yeah I disagree I, I think I think we lost think momentum that, that day. It's probably the, the difficult. The difficult thing is with probably any kind of football just now, and most teams, you're almost going out not to lose. Yeah. And that's even the big big teams. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Seen it. Seen it. We see it all the time. I mean, so it's trying to get that balance right, whereby you're hard to beat, but you offer enough going forward that if you do get a few chances, because chance you don't get as many chances now. I think at the top level. You need to then make sure that you're taking one of those few chances that you get. Because we're not, we're probably not going to blow teams away with our style of football. But you need to make our football kind of constructive in a way whereby we've got a system and it's difficult to play against, but also we can punish teams. Yeah, it's, it's about finding that balance, making sure, because you can't just open up, because if, if you know, if Scotland try to open it up against a team like Belgium, we're going to get absolutely destroyed. I mean, we got destroyed by trying to play defensively at Hamden, um, although that was mainly down to individual errors and a poor formation. But, um, you know, when you're playing the likes your, your rivals around you, you've got to be looking to try and get your three points somewhere, um, you know, and... Making sure, yeah, be hard to beat, but also have you got the players to go up at the other end and make a difference? If you can get that right, then absolutely should be going for victory. Yeah, it's fine the consistency as well, because as we all know, being Scotland fans for, obviously from birth, eh, that's a problem that we have. Yeah. One minute we can look great and it's like, oh, I were the next best team in the world. And then we play Israel or something like that and we're the worst team in the world. Mm-hmm. Maybe the media don't help as well. No, they, they build us up and then they rip us to shreds and nothing seems to be in between. Mm-hmm. Aye. But aye, it's March the first of the games away to Kazakhstan, so yeah. we will wait before then. Um, plenty of plenty of domestic football will be played in the next month. Yeah. Um, starting on Wednesday night. Yeah. Yes. How, big games. What's the odds on um, the SFA using some Bora um, stereotype to promote that game? Well, I've used it already, so yeah. is that don't oh, that's, don't compare me to the SFA. <laughs> Maybe all the eighties tashies will come back out though. Yeah. Well, I'm all grow his back. What's that? Well, I'm all grow his back. Well, Cam Barson started that, but no, I don't think that will catch on. <laughs> you still got it, by the way, because no, uh, November's over. I don't know. They don't see much a day at the weekend. Oh. 
He checked. No, I didn't. But he was playing on Friday night, and that was still technically in November. So oh, it's still November. Aye, oh, that's right. Okay, so, so we don't know. And if anyone knows, then let us know. If, so, if you know uh, anything, let us know about football. Because <laughs> we don't. Know. We know nothing. <laughs> we might. T- we might even talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> we might talk about TV shows. We might talk about wrestling. Pies. I like pies. Yeah. Oh, oh, send speak, us pies. Speak, speaking of which, um, obviously, obviously I put a post in the group chat, but the butterfly and pie did a great um, steak pie. I know it's not your football pies, etc., but that oh, was that a, was amazing. I liked a good pie. It anyway. was the golden yeah. crust, just beautiful. Is that the most expensive pie you've ever had on the day of a football match? I must say, it probably was. Um, but you were <laughs> you were paying for the the veg as well. The veg was nice too. Paying for the what? Paying for the veg, did you say? Oh, the pie and veg together. <laughs> Who pays for oh, veg? Oh, I the for the veg? That's the thing Paying for the veg. Paying for the veg? The combination is what I'm talking about. No, no, You're just no. trying to twist it. Paying for the veg. Yeah. You're just trying to twist it. It look like a good pie, because I've seen the pie uh, live. I've yes. seen... <laughs> <laughs> I hope it wasn't live. It wasn't dead. <laughs> What's that? I thought it wasn't alive, I thought it was dead. <laughs> Here's your pie you need to kill it first. Uh, uh, I had a, uh, well, I want to commend him as well, because I had a right good spicy chicken burger with chorizo and manchego cheese. What And cheese? it was proper chicken, like it wasn't any of uh, processed stuff, it was a good bit of breast. Can't be a good bit of breast. Plenty, it was plenty, <laughs> it was... Uh, I struggled with two hands. <laughs> Farming juicy, was it? <laughs> well, I took my children to McDonald's before the game. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you have? Um, a spicy vegetable deluxe, if you know what I'm saying. So you're paying for the veg too? I was paying for the veg too, I... <laughs> Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> Right, um, have we run out of chat for this week? Oh, damn, we've got plenty of chat tonight. Just no football. Uh, somebody's did the way to talk about football. Tune in next week for the Scottish Football Forum's Food Podcast. <laughs> Coming to a kitchen near you soon. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah, we've got games in midweek. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Dundee Hamilton's a big game. Uh, obviously, Rangers Aberdeen. It's a big game as well. Marlowe Celtic. We've got Kamala Livingston, Hibs hosting St. Martin, St. Johnson hosting Hearts. Um, and then we get to do it all again at the weekend. See the thing about, that's the thing about the football, though. See if it's your team, they're all big games. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't yeah, matter whether it's Aberdeen or Auchinleck, they're all big games. Or, or, or Kawhi Rangers or Celtic. Let's just, I mean, let's just hope I'm, your game I'm is not refereed so, by Andrew Dallas. Yes, no, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Uh, I, I mean, I'm looking at the fixtures and I'm thinking, well, going to Mullow is going to be tricky, but hosting Kamala is going to be tricky on Saturday as well. Mm-hmm. That's going to be great guns. Well, from our in point of view, we've got Rangers away then, we've got St. Johnston and Livingston. So, and from teams. Yeah, it's tough. Th- th- this month will shape uh, what happens for a lot of teams. Because there's yeah. that many games. Yeah, I mean it's not. I mean for Celtic it's non-stop because after we play Kilmarnock, we've got the, the European game to play as well on the Thursday night, and then 
faction fixtures it's a away at Hibs and then I think we play our, one of our catch up games against Marvel the midweek after that at home and then we're at home to Dundee and then you get to the kind of Christmas period and we get Aberdeen Celtic well, we've Port- got eight games we've got Rangers then we've got Spurs and Lovington we've got St Mirren Dundee then we've got Hearts then we've got Celtic and then we've got Lovington again no let up. No, that's just January, but that's a let up. <laughs> I think it's too, I think it's crazy that we're back all the games into like this month when it's free. Yeah. And Christmas and stuff, so that's but I'm looking for the time that we actually shrink the league to a sensible size and we don't have to do that. But the, summer the, fit, summer the, flip, the flip side that is that we wanted the winter break as well and we've got it, so the drawback of that is they've got to try and cram more midweek fixtures in. I think we used to do even when there was the when there was oh, the break though. Yeah. That's the thing. So, right, that's just a ninety-minute podcast. It's gone beyond ninety minutes. <laughs> is, it, is it beyond ninety minutes? Oh, well. And uh, the thing as well, when you come back to uh, Arch and after the New Year, it's cup. It's it's the cup. It's Scottish cup. Aye. Aye. Yeah. But it'll be alright because they'll all be in their winter training camp. In Dubai oh, and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Look at them. We'll be freezing here. Ah, Dubai's too hot. Yeah. In January might not be that bad. I think. Oh, yeah, I think it will be. It's not be hot, but it'll not be ridiculous with the hot. Yeah. Maybe too ridiculous for that bad enough. But none of I, that I, I've, I've been once. You know how you you always see the films and they're like walking under hot coals. I came out the pool and that was what I was like. <laughs> Because I stupidly I left my flip flops too far away and had to get to the flip flops. Schoolboy error. Yeah. And then the pool shoes you can get. You don't need to take them off and you get pool, the pool shoes. Who wears pool shoes? <laughs> How posh are you? <laughs> you can't see anything. You pay for the veg. <laughs> <laughs> the pine veg. <laughs> oh, this podcast is definitely being called pay for the veg. Did you have chips? Mine didn't come with chips. You didn't pay for the potatoes? What? Ah, potatoes came in, yeah. Aye. Oh, okay. Aye. I should say he was sitting across from me, but we were a nervous wreck before the game. Mm-hmm. There was there was uh, points I was looking at the menu, and I'd, I'd looked at the menu and there'd been two pages. I went to the toilet, came back, and was convinced that my menu only had one page. <laughs> no, it still had the two pages. Uh, yeah, yeah. Aye, the day didn't get much better for there, but aye. Well, I had a good. I had to say I had a good night. It was. Good. Thankfully, I had something to take my mind off the football. I was. Go, I was at a gig last night. We bit a nineties nostalgia. Uh, not a nineties band, but uh, the good, the bad, and the queen. The good, the bad, and the queen. Jamie Alburn's the, the singer. All right. Members of the Clash, members of the Verve. So, it was. It was good. I'm glad I had that because otherwise I think I'd have been like intolerable, <laughs> difficult to deal with. Yeah. So, what did you get up to last night? Um, Take well, your mind off it. <laughs> bed. Bed. Straight away. <laughs> what about like six o'clock? Bed. <laughs> no, we went back to Butterfly and Pig afterwards actually for a quick drink right. and then back up the road. More, and... more veg. Yeah. <laughs> no, not not there. 
chips and cheese on the way home. Uh, pepperoni pizza when I got home. Oh, yes. Nice. I had a good meal Some last night, actually. I went for a, for a curry, actually, which was nice. quality. So the highlight of my food, just it was food and music. Yeah. Various ways to drown your sorrows. What's that? Various ways to drown your sorrows. I, I, know, I only it's had different. one drink yesterday. Unheard of in a cup final day. I had one drink and that was just to calm the nerves before the game. Was that a pint of vodka? No, it was a, a cheeky wee rum and coke. It's funny though, before the game, because I'll, John will tell you, games that I've been speaking about it, usually in the morning I wake up and I'm like a Duracell bunny. Uh, I can't stop chatting. The wife's always like, shut up. Whereas <laughs> yesterday, I was I was a bit hungover, to be fair. But apart from that, uh, there wasn't even much chat happening. And then in the pub, I think John and me both went from being chatty, chatty, chatty to, oh, you know the word. Um, and yeah, it got to maybe what, we seen the team, then there was obviously the, oh, Everyone's dissecting the team. We're all Derek McInnes in the in the pub, saying who we would have started and all that type of thing. And then the nerves hit again, and it was like, right, you need a drink. And then it was like we were actually the ones that were going to play, as if we were walking out the tunnel because we were all walking to the stadium and we were all like, aye, struggling. <laughs> yeah, as if we were the, we were the team. Some some people were like hyper, and some people were like they were like they'd seen a ghost and they were shitting themselves. Wasn't it, John? It was um, quite like that, yeah. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right should we wrap this up? Yeah, we're <laughs> 40 minutes. Yeah. Otherwise, we need to have, a, have part two. I, I never even said at the start of the the, the podcast what episode it was. 20. Oh, I've forgotten. 20. What's that? 20. Episode 20. 20. Aye. So thanks for, if you're still listening at this point, thanks. <laughs> I'm hoping people are listening because they'll be looking at the podcast going, why is it called Pay for the Veg? <laughs> so we've got to at least that point. <laughs> well, we now, at least now we know we are, folk are listening to it. Because there was a while we just thought we were just the three of us chatting to each other. Um, but we found out we were getting four figures. So thank you yep. to all these people that are listening. Tweet yeah, us, yeah, thank Facebook, you. Instagram, anything, just Get involved. contact us. We're, we're actually quite approachable. Yeah, and keep the feedback coming. Um, good, bad and different. And pack what your favourite ref to hate us. <laughs> what is no hurt us? Aye. Cheers. I'm surprised you've no ended it, Chris, on something about how the podcast was. Oh, how was it for you? Magnificent. Aye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that. That was good fun. Bloody hell, that was long. Yeah. <laughs>